everybody. How's it going? <clears throat> I heard from Sam and Charlie that they really loved hearing their music yesterday and that they wanted more BFG immediately. So I had to go to sleep, but I woke up and I'm drinking my tea and here it is. Um, the music you just heard was Jenny. Remember I told you about Jenny and the ice cream trick? Well, Jenny's learning to play the banjo and that was her playing for a little bit. Um, and if you play an instrument or sing and you want to record mm, like 10 seconds or so, you can send it to me in a voice message and then I might um, put it on the the podcast as an intro or an outro. Outro is like at the end. Um, <clears throat> okay, I have to give you an update about the ice cream trick. So last night, Jenny said, we, we ate dinner, lots of good vegetables, and then she said, you didn't happen to go to Cloud City to get some ice cream, did you? And I said, oh, funny you should ask. And I said, what flavor would you want if I had gone? And there's this one that's like lemon, lemony with ginger snaps in it, and it's called Better Than Therapy, um, which is funny because therapy is like when you get to go and talk about your feelings, and it's very good for you. And so the ice cream joke is that it's even better than that, which is kind of a stretch, but it is delicious. So I said, oh, yes, I do have that one. And I said, what's your other favorite? And she couldn't remember. And I was like, it starts with a huh. And she was like, honey lavender. And I was like, yes. And then she was like, oh, I want both of those. And so at first she thought that was the whole the whole surprise. But then I really wanted a chocolatey one. And so I said, mm, do you want anything chocolatey? And she was like, oh, what is there? And I said, chocolate salted caramel. And she was like, oh, yeah, but that doesn't really go with the other ones. That would go with uh, coffee. And I was like, oh, funny you should ask because I have that one. <laughs> so as of now, she thinks there's four flavors. But do you remember how many? Yep seven seven flavors she's in the other room reading so um i have to whisper this to you okay if you know jenny don't tell her because another day i'll surprise her with another flavor okay so that's that's my story for you are you ready for the bfg Mm -hmm. You've been ready since I started? Okay, okay, here we go. Um, so this um, is chapter nine, and it has a very scary um, name for the character. Um, and I am, I don't really want to say it over and over again. Um, so I'm just going to call him the Bobbler. If you want to know what it is, I'm going to say it. If you don't want to know what it officially is, just cover your ears, put your cover your ears or put a pillow over your head for not too long just for just for like three seconds and I'll tell the people who like being scared what the official name is okay cover your ears if you don't want to hear it's the blood bottler isn't that freaky I don't want to say that a bunch of times okay um you, are your ears uncovered everybody else all right here we go the bobbler Suddenly, a tremendous thumping noise came from outside the cave entrance, and a voice like thunder shouted, Runt! Is you there, Runt? I is hearing you jabbling. Who is you jabbling to, Runt? Look out, cried the BFG. It's the bobbler. But before he had finished speaking, the stone was rolled aside, and a fifty-foot giant, more than twice as tall and wide as the BFG, came striding into the cave. He was naked, except for a dirty little piece of cloth around his bottom. 
Sophie was on the tabletop. The enormous, partly eaten snozcumber was lying near her. She ducked behind it. The creature came clumping into the cave and stood towering over the BFG. Who was you jabbling to in here just now? He boomed. I was jabbling to myself, the BFG answered. Pifflefizz, shouted the bobbler. Bug swallop, he boomed. You is talking to a human being, that's what I is thinking. No, no, cried the BFG. Yes, yes, boomed the bobbler. I is guessing you has snitched away a human being and brought it back. Page turn. To your bunghole as a pet. So now I is winkling it out and guzzling it as extra snacks before my supper. The poor BFG was very nervous. There's no one in here, he stammered. Why don't you leave me alone? Oh, man, the bobbler is... I think he is a bully. And I don't talk about bullying very lightly, but uh, the definition of bullying is being mean to someone on purpose, even though you know it will scare them or hurt them. And if you are bigger or older or more powerful, or there's more than one of you, And I think this fits the definition. He's doing bullying behavior. Okay, I'm done being a counselor. I'm going back to being a reader. Okay, the bobbler pointed a finger as large as a tree trunk at the BFG. Runty little scrum screwer, he shouted. Piffling little swizz figgler. Squimpy little bottle wart. Prunty little pog swizzler. I is now going to search the primroses. (laughs) I think he means premises. I love that. He grabbed the BFG by the arm, and you is going to help me do it. Us together is going to winkle out this tasteful little human being, he shouted. The BFG had intended to whisk Sophie off the table as soon as he got the chance and hide her behind his back, but now there was no hope of doing this. Sophie peered around the chewed-off end of the enormous snozcumber, watching the two giants as they moved down the cave. Moved away down the cave. Oh, thank goodness. The bobbler was a gruesome sight. His skin was reddish brown. There was black hair sprouting on his chest and arms and on his stomach. The hair on his head was long and dark and tangled. His foul face was round and squashy looking. The eyes were tiny black holes. The nose was small and flat, but the mouth was huge. It spread right across the face, almost ear to ear, and it had lips that were like two gigantic purple frankfurters that's like a hot dog lying one on top of the other craggy yellow teeth stuck out between the two purple frankfurtery lips and rivers of spit ran down over the chin if you like making gross drawings rewind that part and and yeah draw that for me send it Ooh, might scare me but sounds pretty interesting to draw It was not in the least difficult to believe that this ghastly brute ate men, women, and children every night. The bobbler, still holding the BFG by the arm, was examining the rows and rows of bottles. You and your pibbling bottles, he shouted, what is you putting in them? Nothing that would interest you, the BFG answered. You is only interested in guzzling human beings. And you as dotty as a dog swoggler, cried the bobbler. Soon the bobbler would be coming back, Sophie told herself, and he was bound to search the tabletop. But she couldn't possibly jump off the table. It was 12 feet high. She'd break a leg. The snozcumber, although it was thick as a perambulator, was not going to hide her if the bud blood... The, oops, sorry. The bobbler picked it up. She examined the chewed-off end. It had large seeds in the middle, each one as big as a melon. They were embedded in soft, slimy stuff. 
taking care to stay out of sight, Sophie reached forward and scooped away half a dozen of these seeds. This left a hole in the middle of the snozcumber, large enough for her to crouch in so long as she rolled herself up into a ball. She crawled into it. It was a wet and slimy hiding place, but what did that matter if it was going to save her from being eaten? The bobbler and the BFG were coming back toward the table now. The BFG was nearly fainting with fear. Any moment, he was telling himself, Sophie would be discovered and eaten. Suddenly, the bobbler grabbed the half-eaten snozcumber. The BFG stared at the bare table. Sophie, where is you? He thought desperately. You cannot possibly be jumping off that high table, so where is you hiding, Sophie? So this is the filthing, rotsome glubbage you is eating, boomed the bobbler, holding up the partly eating snozcumber. You must be cockles to be guzzling such rub squash. For a moment, the bobbler seemed to have forgotten about his search for Sophie. The BFG decided to lead him further off the track. That is the scrum diddly umptious snozcumber, he said. I is guzzling it gleefully every night and day. Is you never trying a snozcumber, bobbler? Human beans is juicier, the bobbler said. You is talking Rami tot, the BFG said, growing braver by the second. He was thinking that if only he could get the bobbler to take one bite of the repulsive vegetable, the sheer foulness of its flavor would send him bellowing out of the cave. But remember, who's in there? Mm-hmm. Yep, Sophie. But is he really going to eat her? Because she's the hero, so she's going to make it, right? Okay. I is happy to let you sample it, the BFG went on. But please, when you see how truly glumptious it is, do not be guzzling the whole thing. Leave me a little snitchet for my supper. The bobbler stared suspiciously with small piggy eyes at the snozcumber. Sophie, crouching inside the chewed-off end, began to tremble all over. You is not swizz-figgling me, is you? said the bobbler. Never, cried the BFG passionately. Take a bite, and I am positive you'll be shouting out how scrumdilly-umptious this Wonderveg is. Ha! Wonderveg, like a wonderful vegetable. <coughs> I wonder what your favorite Wonderveg is. I really like broccoli and mushrooms. Those are wonder vegs for me. Oh, and peppers. And I love eggplant and even Brussels sprouts. If you've only heard bad things about Brussels sprouts, you should try them because they're actually quite delicious. Back to the book. Enough vegetable uh, propaganda. The BFG could see the greedy bobbler's mouth beginning to water more than ever at the prospect of extra food. Vegetables is very good for you, he went on. It is not healthsome always to be eating meaty things. Just this once, the bobbler said, I is going to taste these rotsome eats of yours, but I is warning you that if it is filthsome, I is smashing it over your sludgy little head. He picked up the snozcumber. He began raising it on its long journey to his mouth, some 50 feet up in the air. Sophie wanted to scream, don't! But that would have been an even more certain death. Crouching among the slimy seeds, she felt herself being lifted up and up and up. Suddenly there was a crunch as the bobbler... Oh, excuse me, hold on. <coughs> I need a drink of tea. Mmm, I love tea. Okay. Um, he picked up the snozcumber. Sophie said, don't. She felt herself being lifted. Suddenly, there was a crunch as the bobbler bit a huge hunk off the end. Sophie saw his yellow teeth clamping together a few inches from her head. Then there was utter darkness. She was in his mouth. She caught a whiff of his evil-smelling breath. It stank of bad meat. Then there was utter darkness. She waited for the teeth to go crunch once more. She prayed that she would be killed quickly. Ouch! 
roared the bobbler. And then he spat. All of the great lumps of snozcumber that were in his mouth, as well as Sophie herself, went shooting out across the cave. If Sophie had struck the stony wall of the cave, she would most certainly have been killed. Instead, she hit the soft folds of the BFG's black cloak hanging against the wall. She dropped to the ground, half-stunned. She crawled under the hem of the cloak, and there she was crouched. There she crouched. "'You little swine-buggler!' roared the blobbler. "'You little pig-swiller!' He rushed at the BFG and smashed what was led of the snozcumber over his head. Fragments of the filthy vegetable splashed all over the cave. "'You is not loving it?' the BFG asked innocently, rubbing his head. "'Loving it?' yelled the bobbler. "'This is the most disgusterous taste that is ever touching my teeth. "'You must be buggles to be swalloping slutch like that. "'Every night you could be galloping off happy as a hamburger "'and gobbling juicy human beans.' "'Eating human beans is wrong and evil,' the BFG said. "'Whoa, that was so brave. "'I wonder if you ever do brave stuff like that, "'that you say what's right even though... Um, somebody else who's maybe big and scary. Hopefully you don't see anybody who's big and scary, though. But saying saying what's right, even when other people are saying it's wrong. Oh, I love the BFG even more. I'm going to read that part again. Eating human beings is wrong and evil, the BFG said. It is guzzly and glumptuous, shouted the bobbler. And tonight I is gall- galloping off to Chile to swabble a few human chili beans. Is you wishing to know why is choosing chili? I is not wishing to know anything, the BFG said, very dignified. I is choosing chili, the bobbler said, because it is important, oh, because I is fed up with the taste of Eskimos. It is important I had plenty of cold eats in scuttling hot weather like this, and the next coldest thing to an Eskimo is a chili bean. Human beans from chili is very chilly. Horrible, the BFG said, you ought to be ashamed. Other giants is all saying they is wanting to gallop off to England tonight to guzzle skill- school chiddlers, the bobbler said. I is very fond indeed of English school chiddlers. They has a nice inky booty flavor. Perhaps, <laughs> I like that, inky booty. Oh no, inky bookie. Ha! Sorry, <laughs> parents for introducing the word inky booty. Perhaps I will change my mind and go to England with them. You is disgusting, the BFG said. And you is an insult to the giant people, shouted the bobbler. You is not fit to be a giant. You is a squinky little squiddler. You is a pibbling little pipsqueak. You is a cream puffnut. With that, the horrible uh, bobbler giant strode out of the cave. The BFG ran to the cave entrance and quickly rolled the stone back into place. Sophie, he whispered. Sophie, where is you, Sophie? Sophie emerged from under the hem of the black cloak. I'm here, she said. The BFG picked her up and held her tenderly in the palm of his hand. Oh, I is so happy to be finding you all in one lump, he said. I was in his mouth, Sophie said. You was what? cried the BFG. Sophie told him what had happened. And there I was telling him to eat the filthsome snozcumber and you was all the time inside it, the BFG cried. Not much fun, Sophie said. Just look at you, you poor little chiddler, cried the BFG. You was all covered in snozcumber and giant spit. He set about cleaning her up as best he could. I is hating those giants more than ever now, he said. You know what I should like? What, Sophie said. I should like to find a way of disappearing them, every single one. I'd be glad to help you, Sophie said. Let me see if I can't think up a way of doing it. Um, have you ever read Matilda? 
this is kind of reminding me of Matilda, the hero of Matilda, um, because she's like this small little person and totally comes up with all these amazing ideas to, um, like, well, I mean, she does amazing ideas that are kind of mean, but, um, it is to people to, um, get rid of someone who is being mean to everybody else. (laughs) Do you know what I just did? I picked up my tea and then I started talking into my tea instead of into the recorder. (laughs) Hold on. Tea break. Are you drinking tea too? Um, maybe you like tea. If you do, maybe you could pause and ask your parent to heat up some water. And or if you're a big, ki- bigger, bigger kid, like fourth grade or fifth grade or older, you can make your own. Okay, time for a new chapter. Chapter ten: Frob Scottle and Whiz Poppers. By now, Sophie was beginning to feel not only extremely hungry, but very thirsty as well. Had she been at home, she would have finished her breakfast long ago. Are you sure there's nothing else to eat around here except those disgusting smelly snozcumbers, she asked. Not even a fizzwinkle, answered the big friendly giant. In that case, may I please have a little water, she said. Water? said the BFG, frowning mightily. What is water? We drink it, Sophie said. What do you drink? Frobscottle, announced the BFG. All giants is drinking frobscottle. Is it as nasty as your snozcumbers, Sophie asked. Nasty? cried the BFG. Never is it nasty. Frobscottle is sweet and jumbly. He got up from his chair and went to a second huge cupboard. He opened it and took out a glass bottle that must have been six feet tall. The liquid inside it was pale green and the bottle was half full. Hmm, I wonder what it tastes like. Here is Frobscottle, he cried, holding the bottle up proud and high as though it contained some rare wine. Delumptious fizzy Frobscottle, he shouted. He gave it a shake and the green stuff began to fizz like mad. But look, it's fizzing the wrong way, Sophie cried. And indeed it was. The bubbles, instead of traveling upwards and bursting on the surface, were shooting downwards and bursting at the bottom. A pale green frothy fizz was forming at the bottom of the bottle. What on earth is you meaning the wrong way? asked the BFG. In our fizzy drink, Sophie said, the bubbles always go up and burst at the top. Upwards is the wrong way, cried the BFG. You mustn't ever be having the bubbles going upwards. That's the most flush bunking rubbish I ever is hearing. Why do you say that? Sophie asked. You is asking me why? cried the BFG, waving the enormous bottle around as though he were conducting an orchestra. You is actually meaning to tell me you cannot see why it is a scrotty mistake to have the bubbles flying up instead of down? You said it was flush bunking, now you say it's scrotty. Which is it? Sophie asked politely. Oh, politely, I'm going to reread that. You said it was flush bunking, now you say it's scrotty. Which is it? Sophie asked politely. Both, cried the BFG. It is... A flush bunking and a scratty mistake to let the bubbles go upwards. If you can't see why, you must be as quacky as a duck hound. By Ringo, your head must be so full of frog squinkers and buzz wangles, I is frittered. I, if I knows how you can think at all. Why shouldn't the bubbles go upwards, Sophie asked. I will explain. But tell me first what name you is calling your frog scuttle by. One is Coke, Sophie said. Another is Pepsi. There are lots of them. And the bubbles is all going up? They all go up, Sophie said. Catastrophist, cried the BFG. Upgoing bubbles is a catastrophist disastrophe. 
<laughs> will you please tell me why, Sophie said? If you will listen carefully, I will try to explain, said the BFG, but your brain is so full of bug whiffles, I doubt you will ever understand. I'll do my best, Sophie said patiently. Very well, then. When you was drinking this cokey drink of yours, said the BFG, it is going straight down into your tummy. Is that right, or is it left? It's right, Sophie said. And the bubbles is also going into your tummy, right, or left? Right again, Sophie said. And the bubbles is fizzing upwards. Of course, Sophie said. Which means, said the BFG, that they will all come swish-whiffling up your throat and out of your mouth and make a thousand belchy burp. That is often true, Sophie said. But what's wrong with a little burp now and again? It's sort of fun. Burping is filthsome, the BFG said. Us giants is never doing it. But with your drink, Sophie said, what is, what is, what was it you called it? Frobscottle, said the BFG. With frobscottle, Sophie said, the bubbles in your tummy will be going downwards and that could have a far nastier result. Okay, what, what would it be? What would it be if the bubbles, if they're going up, they make a burp. If they're going down, they make a, uh uh-huh, yep, you got it, a fart. Why nasty? asked the BFG, frowning. Because, Sophie said, blushing a little, if they go down instead of up, they'll be coming out somewhere else with an even louder and ruder noise. A whiz popper, cried the BFG, beaming at her. Us giants is making whiz poppers all the time. Whiz popping is a sign of happiness. It is music to our ears. You surely is not telling me that a little whiz popping is forbidden among human beings. It is considered extremely rude. Sophie said, but you is whiz-popping, is you not, now and again, asked the BFG. Everyone is whiz-popping, if that's what you call it, Sophie said. Kings and queens are whiz-popping, presidents are whiz-popping, glamorous film stars are whiz-popping, little babies are whiz-popping. But where I come from, it is not polite to talk about it. Okay, now I know in my family that um, it's, well, maybe it's not the most politest thing, but... We do talk about it because it's kind of funny, and sometimes we call it a toot. Um, I know a kid um, named Ander that when he was little, um, he said, there's a no." what did he say? There's a noise in my diaper. <laughs> um, and um, he's way older now. I hope that's not embarrassing, Ander. Sorry about that. Um, but I really like this word, whiz popping. All right, I'm going to use it from now on. Are you going to use it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, may you have glorious and not smelly whiz pops today. All right. The BFG said, Redunculus. If everyone is making whiz poppers, then why not talk about it? We is now having a swiggle of this delicious frobscottle, and you will see the happy result. The BFG shook the bottle vigorously. The pale green stuff fizzed and bubbled. He removed the cork and took a tremendous gurgling swig. It's glummy, he cried. I love it. For a few moments, the big friendly giant stood quite still, and then a look of absolute ecstasy began to spread over his long, wrinkly face. Then suddenly the heavens opened, and he let fly with a series of the loudest and rudest noises Sophie had ever heard in her life. They reverberated around the walls of the cave like thunder, and the glass jars rattled on their shelves. But most astonishing of all, the force of the explosions actually lifted the enormous giant clear off his feet like a rocket. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Whoopee, he cried when he came down to earth again. Now that is whiz popping for you. Sophie burst out laughing. She couldn't help it. Have some yourself, cried the BFG, tipping the neck of the enormous bottle toward her. Don't you have a cup? Sophie said. No cups, only bottle. 
Sophie opened her mouth, and very gently, the BFG tipped the bottle forward and poured some of the fabulous frobscottle down her throat. Oh my gosh, how delicious it was. It was sweet and refreshing. It tasted of vanilla and cream with just the faintest trace of raspberries on the edge of the flavor, and the bubbles were wonderful. Sophie could actually feel them bouncing and bursting all around her tummy. It was an amazing sensation. It felt as though hundreds of tiny people were dancing a jig inside her and tickling her with their toes. It was lovely. It's lovely, she cried. Just wait, said the BFG, flapping his ears. Sophie could feel the bubbles traveling lower and lower down her tummy, and then suddenly, inevitably, the explosion came. The trumpet sounded, and she too made the walls of the caverns ring with the sound of music and thunder. Oh, it's a new chapter. Oh no. Bravo, shouted the BFG, waving the bottle. You is very good for a beginner. Let's have some more. If, you, if you're drawing, which I hope you are, um, this would be a great time to draw a bottle of Frobscottle. Remember, it's green and the bubbles go down and there's some foam on the bottom. And then Sophie and the BFG are both bouncing, well, like being propelled into the air with their whiz poppers uh, coming out from, oh, you know, their butts. Next chapter is chapter 9, 10, 11. Journey to Dream Country. After the mad frobscottle party was over, Sophie settled herself again on top of the enormous table. You is feeling better now? asked the big friendly giant. Much better, thank you, Sophie said. Whenever I is feeling a bit scratty, the BFG said, a few gollops of frobscottle is always making me hopscotchy again. I must say it's quite an experience, Sophie said. It's a raz twizzler, the BFG said. It's glorumptious. Yeah, glorumptious. He turned away and strode across the cave and picked up his dream-catching net. I is galloping off now, he said, to catch some more wopsy-whiffling dreams for my collection. I is doing this every day without missing. Is you wishing to come with me? Not me, thank you very much, Sophie said. Not with those giants lurking outside. I is snuggling you very cozy into the pocket of my vest, the BFG said. Then no one is seeing you. Before Sophie could protest, he had picked her up off the table and popped her into the vest pocket. There was plenty of room in there. Is you wishing for a little hole to peep out from, he asked her. There's one here already, she said. She had found a small hole in the pocket, and when she put one eye close to it, she could see out very well indeed. She watched the BFG as he bent down and filled his suitcase with empty glass jars. He closed the lid, picked up the suitcase in one hand, took the pole with the net on the end of, in the other hand, and marched toward the entrance of the cave. As soon as he was outside, the BFG sat across the great hot yellow wasteland where the blue rocks lay, and the dead trees stood, and where all the other giants were skulking about. Sophie, squatting low on her heels in the pocket of the leather vest, had one eye glued to the little hole. She saw the group of enormous giants about 300 yards ahead. Hold your breath, the BFG whispered down to her. Cross your figlers. Here we goes. We is going right past all these other giants. Is you seeing that whopping great big one, the one nearest to us? I see him, Sophie whispered. Oh, whispered. I see him, Sophie whispered back, quivering. That is the horriblest of them all, and the biggest of them all. He is called, okay, if you don't want to hear it, close your ears, the flesh lump eating giant. I don't want to hear about him, Sophie said. He's 54 feet high, the BFG softly, as he jogged along, as he is swalloping human beings like they is sugar lumps, two or three at a time. 
You're making me nervous, Sophie said. I is nervous myself, the BFG whispered. I always get as jumpsy as a jog hopper when the threshold beating giant is around. Keep away from him, Sophie pleaded. Not possible, the BFG answered. He is galloping easily two times as quicksy as me. Shall we turn back, Sophie said. Turning back is worse, the BFG said. If they is seeing me running away, they is all giving chase and throwing rocks. They would never eat you, though, would they? Sophie asked. Giants is never guzzling other giants, the BFG said. They is fighting and squirreling a lot with each other, but never guzzling. Human beans is more tasty to them. The giants had already spotted the BFG, and all heads were turned, watching him as he jogged forward. He was aiming to pass well to the right of the group. Through her little peephole, Sophie saw the flesh-beating giant moving over to intercept them. He didn't hurry. He just loped over casually to a point where the BFG would have to pass. The others loped after him. Sophie counted nine of them all together, and she recognized the bobbler in the middle of them. They were bored. They had nothing to do until nightfall. There was an air of menace about them as they loped slowly across the plain with long, lolloping strides, heading for the BFG. Here comes the runting one, boomed the slump eater. Ho, ho there, runty one. Where is your splatch winkling? Where is you splatch winkling away to in such a hefty hurry? He shot out an enormous arm and grabbed the BFG by the hair. The BFG didn't struggle. He simply stopped and stood quite still and said, Okay, I'm going to give this one another nickname because it, I don't want to say his name. Um, Fleeter. I'm going to call him Fleeter. Be so kind as to be letting go of my hair, Fleeter. The fleeter released him and stepped back a pace. The other giants stood around, waiting for the fun to start. Now then, you little grub squiffler, boomed the fleeter. We is all wanting to know where you is galloping off to every day in the daytime. Nobody ought to be galloping off to anywhere until it is getting dark. The human beings could be easily spotting you and starting a giant hunt, and we is not wanting that to happen, is we not? We is not, shouting the other giants. Go back to your cave, runty one. I is not galloping to any human being country, the BFG said. I's going to the other places. I is thinking, said the fleeter, that you is catching human beings and keeping them as pets. Right you is, cried the bobbler. Just now I is hearing him chittering away to one of them in his cave. Tea break. You is welcome to go and search my cave from Fractabunt, the BFG answered. You can go looking into every crook and nanny. There's no human beans or stringy beans or runner beans or jelly beans or any other beans in there. Sophie crouched still as a mouse inside the BFG's pocket. She hardly dared breathe. She was terrified she might sneeze. The slightest sound or movement would give her away. Through the tiny peephole, she watched the giants clustering around the poor BFG. How revolting they were. All of them had piggy little eyes and enormous mouths. When the fleeter was speaking, she got a glimpse of his tongue. It was jet black like a slab of black steak. Every one of them was more than twice as tall as the BFG. Suddenly, the fleeter shot out two enormous hands and grabbed the BFG around the waist. He tossed him high in the air and shouted, Catch him, manhugger! The manhugger caught him. The other giants spread out quickly in a large circle, each giant about 20 yards from his neighbor, preparing for the game they were going to play. Oh, this is so sad. Now the manhugger threw the BFG high and far, shouting, Catch him! Okay, the name, close your ears if you don't want to know. Bone Cruncher. I'm just going to call him Boney. The Boney ran forward and caught the tumbling BFG and immediately swung him up again. Catch him! Close your ears. Child chewer? 
I'm going to call him Chewer, I guess. Chewy. I'll call him Chewy. He shouted. And so it went on. The Giants were playing ball with the BFG, vying with each other to see who could throw him the highest. Sophie dug her nails into the sides of the pocket, trying to prevent herself from tumbling out when she was upside down. She felt as though she were in a barrel going over Niagara Falls. And all the time, there was the fearful danger that one of the Giants would fail to catch the BFG and he would go crashing to the ground. Catch him, meat dribbler, dripper. Catch him, gizzard gulper. Catch him, masher. Catch him, bobbler. Catch him, catch him, catch him. In the end, they got bored with the game. They dumped the poor BFG on the ground. He was dazed and shattered. They gave him a few kicks and shouted, Run, you little runt. Let us be seeing how fast you is galloping. The BFG ran. What else could he do? The giants picked up rocks and hurled them after him. He managed to dodge them. Ready, little runt, they shouted. Troggy, little twit. Shriveling little shrimp, mucky little midget, squiggy, scraggy little squib, grobby little grub. Man, they're so mean. Whew. I don't know any real people like that. Remember, this is fiction. At last, the BFG got clear of them all, and in another couple of minutes, the pack of giants was out of sight over the horizon. Sophie popped her head up from the pocket. I didn't like that, she said. Phew, said the BFG, few and far between. They was in a nasty crotching mood today, and was they not? I is sorry you was having such a whirly gig time. No worse than you, Sophie said. Would they ever really hurt you? I isn't trusting them, the BFG said. How do they actually catch the humans they eat, Sophie asked. They is usually just sticking an arm in through the bedroom window and cinching them from their beds, the BFG said, like you did to me. Ah. But I isn't eating you, the BFG said. How else do they catch them, Sophie asked. Sometimes, the BFG said, they is swimming from the sea like fishies with only their heads showing above the water. And then out comes a big hairy hand and grabbles someone off the beach. Children as well? Often, chiddlers, the BFG said. That is who the swimming ones are after. Little chiddlers is not so tough to eat as old grandmamas. So says the child chewing giant chewy oh chewy i already named him as they talked the bfg was galloping fast over the land sophie was standing right up in his vest pocket now and holding up onto the edge with both hands her head and shoulders were in the open and the wind was blowing in her hair how else do they catch people she asked all of them is having their own special way of catching the human being okay remember are there really giants mean giants in the trees looking for people to eat are there no don't let your imagination get too scary all right this is fiction it's made up Raul Dahl has a very strange sense of fiction and humor a little scary okay um the drippy giant is preferring to pretend he is a big tree growing in the park he's standing in the park in the dusky evening and he is holding great big branches over his head and there he is waiting until some happy families is coming to have a picnic under the spreading tree the drippy giant is waiting them watching them as they lay out their little picnic but in the end it is the drippy who is having the picnic it's too awful sophie cried the gizzard gulping giant is a city lover the bfg went on the gizzard gulper is lying high up between the roofs of houses in the big city he's lying there snuggy as a sniggler and watching the human beings walking on the street below and when he sees one that looks like it has a wopsy good flavor he grabs it he's simply reaching down and snitching off the street like a monkey taking a nut he says it is nice to be able to pick and choose what you is having for your supper he says it's like choosing from a menu 
Don't people see him doing it? Sophie asked. Never is they seeing him. Do not forget, it is dusky dark at this time. Also, the gizzard gulpler has a very fast arm. His arm is going up and down quicker than squinkers. But if all these people are disappearing every night, surely there's some sort of outcry, Sophie said. The world is a whopping big place, the BFG said, and has a hundred different countries. The giant is clever. The giants is clever. They is careful not to be skittling off to the same country too often. They has always switch fiddling around. Even so, Sophie said. Do not forget that, BFG said, the human beings is disappearing everywhere all the time, even without the giants is guzzling them up. <coughs> Excuse me. Human beings is killing each other much more quicker than all the giants is doing it. But they don't eat each other, Sophie said. Giants isn't eating each other either, the BFG said, nor is giants killing each other. Giants is not very lovely. But they is not killing each other, nor is crocodile dillies killing other crocodile dillies, nor is pussycats killing pussycats. They kill mice, Sophie said. Ah, but they is not killing their own kind, the BFG said. Human beings is the only animals that is killing their own kind. Don't poisonous snakes kill each other, Sophie asked. She was searching desperately for another creature that behaved as badly as the human. <clears throat> Even poisonous snakes is never killing each other, the BFG said. Nor is the most fearsome creatures like tigers and rhinos... Rhinos... Rhinostoceruses. None of them is ever killing their own kind. Have you ever thought about that? Sophie kept silent. I is not understanding human beings at all, the BFG said. You is a human being, and you is saying it is grizzling and horogust for giants to be eating human beings, right or left. Right, Sophie said. But human beings is squishing each other all the time, the BFG said. They is shootling guns and going up in aeroplanes to drop their... Okay, this is not really appropriate for super young kids. Um, human beings is always hurting other human beings. He was right. Of course he was right. And Sophie knew it. She was beginning to wonder whether humans were actually any better than giants. Even so, she said, defending her own people. I think it's rotten that those foul giants should go off every night to eat humans. Humans have never done them any harm. That is what the little piggy wig is saying every day, the BFG answered. He is saying, I has never done any harm to the human being, so why should he be eating me? Oh dear, Sophie said. The human beings is making rules to suit themselves, the BFG went on. But the rules they is making do not suit the little piggy wiggies. Am I right or left? Right, Sophie said. Giants is also making rules. Their rules is not suiting the human beings. Everybody is making his own rules to suit himself. Ooh, that is a really interesting and deep um, statement the giant must make. That would be a good one to talk about with your family. The rule, everybody is making his own rules to suit himself. Yeah, I would like to live in a world where people are making rules that take care of everybody. But you don't like it that those beastly giants are eating humans every night, do you? Sophie asked. I do not. The BFG answered firmly, one right is not making two lefts. Is you quite cozy down there in my pocket? I'm fine, Sophie said. Then suddenly, once again, the BFG went into that magical top gear of his. He began hurtling forward with phenomenal leaps. His speed was unbelievable. The landscape became blurred, and again, Sophie had to duck down out of the whistling gale to save her head from being blown clean off her shoulders. 
She crouched in the pocket and listened to the wind screaming past. It came knifing in through the tiny peephole and whooshed around her like a hurricane. But this time, the BFG didn't stay in top gear long. It seemed as though he had some barrier to cross, a vast mountain perhaps, or an ocean or a great desert. But having crossed it, he slowed down to his normal gallop, and Sophie was able to pop her head up and look out once more at the view. She noticed immediately that they were now in an altogether paler country. The sun had disappeared above a film of vapor. The air was becoming cooler. The land was flat and treeless, and there seemed to be no color in it at all. Every minute the mist became thicker. The air became colder still, and everything became paler and paler, until soon there was nothing but gray and white all around them. They were in a country of swirling mists and ghostly vapors. There was some sort of grass underfoot, but it was not green. It was ashy gray. There was no sign of a living creature and no sound at all except for the soft thud of the BFG's footsteps as he hurtled on through the fog. Suddenly he stopped. We is here at last, he announced. He bent down and lifted Sophie from his pocket and put her on the ground. She was still in her nightie and her feet were bare. She shivered and stared around her at the swirling mists and ghostly vapors. Where are we? she asked. We is in dream country, the BFG said. This is where all dreams is beginning. Whew. That was kind of an intense chapter. Luckily for us, this last chapter I'm going to read. Oh, don't groan. Don't worry. I'll read more tomorrow. Um, is a very beautiful one. So if you're feeling kind of freaked out by all that um, giants eating and humans talk, talking about how humans aren't good to each other either and piggly winkles and everything, take a deep breath <sighs> and get ready for a beautiful chapter called Dream Catching. The big friendly giant put the suitcase on the ground. He bent down low so that his enormous face was close to Sophie's. From now on, we is keeping as still as winky little mices, he whispered. Sophie nodded. The misty vapor swirled around her. It made her cheeks damp and left dewdrops in her hair. The BFG opened the suitcase and took out several empty glass jars. He set them ready on the ground with their screw tops removed. Then he stood up very straight. His head was now high up in the swirling mist, and it kept disappearing, then appearing again. He was holding the long net in his right hand. Sophie, staring upward, saw through the mist that his colossal ears were beginning to swivel out from his head. They began waving gently to and fro. Suddenly, the BFG pounced. He leaped high in the air and swung the net through the mist with a great swishing sweep of his arm. Got him, he cried. A jar, quick, quick, quick. Sophie picked up a jar and held it up to him. He grabbed hold of it. He lowered the net. Very carefully, he tipped something absolutely invisible from the net into the jar. He dropped the net and swiftly clapped one ha hand over the jar. The top, he whispered. The, jo the jar top, quick. Sophie picked up the screw top and handed it to him. He screwed it on tight and the jar was closed. The BFG was very excited. He held the jar close to one ear and listened intently. It's a whiffs it's a wink swiffler, he whispered with a thrill in his voice. It's 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 even better. It's a fizz wizard. It's a golden fizz wizard. Sophie stared at him. Oh my, oh my, he said, holding the jar in front of him. This will be giving some little toddler a very happy night when I is blowing it in. Is it a really good one? Sophie asked. A good one, he cried. It's a golden fizz wizard. I is not often it is not often I is getting one of these. 
He handed the jar to Sophie and said, Please be still as a starfish now. I is thinking there may be a whole swarm of fizz wizards up there today. And do kindly stop breathing. You is terribly noisy down there. I haven't moved a muscle, Sophie said. Then don't, the BFG answered sharply. Once again, he stood up tall in the mist, holding his net at the ready. Then came the long silence, the waiting, the listening, and at last, with surprising suddenness, came the leap and the swish of the net. Another jar, he cried. Quick, quick, quick. When the second dream was safely in the jar and the top was screwed down, the BFG held it to his ear. Oh, no, he cried. Oh, mince my maggots. Oh, swipe my squoggles. What's the matter? Sophie asked. It's a troggle humper, he shouted. His voice was filled with fury and anguish. Oh, save our solos, he cried. Deliver us from weasels. The devil is dancing on my dibbler. What are you talking about, Sophie said. The BFG was getting more distressed every moment. Oh, bash my eye bones, he cried, waving the jar in the air. I come all this way to get lovely golden dreams, and what is I catching? What are you catching, Sophie said. I is catching a frightful, frightsome troggle humper, he cried. That is a bad, bad dream. It is worse than a bad dream. It is a nightmare. Oh, dear, Sophie said, what will you do with that? I is never letting it go, the BFG cried. If I do, then some poor little toddler will be having the most curd-pluddling time. This one is a real kixie bog thumper. I is exploding it as soon as I get home. Nightmares are horrible, Sophie said. I had one once, and I woke up sweating all over. With this one, you would be waking up screaming all over, the BFG said. This one would make your teeth stand on end. If this one got you, your blood would be freezing to icicles, and your skin would go creeping across the floor. Is it as bad as that? It's worse, cried the BFG. This is a real wopsy grob switcher. You said it was a troggle humper, Sophie told him. It is a troggle humper, cried the exasperated BFG, but it is also a bog thumper and a grub switcher. It is all three riddled into one. Oh, I am so glad I is clutching it tight. Oh, you wicked beastie, you, he cried, holding up the jar and staring into it. Nevermore is you going to be bunk-doodling the poor little human beanie toddlers. Sophie, who was also staring into the glass jar, cried out, I can see it. There's something in there. Of course there's something in there, the BFG said. You was looking at a frightsome troggle humper. But you told me dreams were invisible. Ah, they is always invisible until they is captured, the BFG told her. After that, they is losing a little of their invisibility. We are seeing this one very clearly. Inside the jar, Sophie could see the faint scarlet outline of something that looked like a mixture between a blob of gas and a bubble of jelly. It was moving violently, thrashing against the sides of the jar and forever changing shape. It's wiggling all over the place, Sophie cried. It's fighting to get out. It'll bash itself to bits. The nastier the dream, the angrier it is getting when it is in prison, the BFG said. It's the same with wild animals. If an animal is very fierce and you is putting it in a cage, it will make a tremendous rumple dumpus. If it is a nice animal, like a cockatootloo or a foggle frump, it will sit quietly. Dreams is exactly the same. This one is a nasty, fierce, bog-trotting nightmare. Just look at him splashing himself against the glass. It's quite frightening, Sophie cried. I would be hating to get this one inside me on a darksome night, the BFG said. So would I, Sophie said. The BFG started putting the bottles back in the suitcase. Is that all, Sophie asked? Are we going? I is so upset by this troggle-humping, bog-thumping grab switcher, the BFG said, that I is not wishing to go on. Dream catching is finished for today. Soon Sophie was back in the vest pocket, and the BFG was racing home as fast as he could. When at last they emerged out of the mist and came again, 
onto the hot yellow wasteland, all the other giants were sprawled out on the ground, fast asleep. Phew! Oh my goodness, what a chapter! I'm glad there was a golden fizz wizard. All right, my reading for today is over. Oh, if you cry and groan, you know that's not the way to get what you want. You'll just have to wait. Have patience. It'll be more exciting tomorrow. Um, I hope tonight that you have golden fizz wizard dreams and that you get outside to play and that the sun shines on you and maybe you stop talking and hear some amazing sounds. Maybe you can hear some of the ladybugs breathing or tromping on the on the leaves of some just popping up flowers. All right. Um you ready for Sam and Charlie's boogie woogie theme song? Here it comes. See you soon.